This is the Straight from the Net podcast with Jamie and Danielle. We say bad words and talk about inappropriate things that you may not want your coworkers, small children, or the easily offended to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Well, me, Danielle, and my whole family got got the vid. And our boss's whole family got the vid. But you know who didn't get the vid? Jamie. Jamie. Oh my God, your nails look fabulous too, by the way. Thank you. Oh my God, where'd you do those? I went to the one next to On the Rocks. Oh, it looks and nice. And they really did a great job and I appreciate I like them a her. lot. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> my boss got uh, my boss's kid gave it to her. Yep. She gave it to everybody else. Yep. Except me. <laughs> Except Jamie. And I'm like, Jamie was the only one left standing. And now this is a woman who, like, anytime you have a sniffle, she's guaranteed to have a sniffle. How right. she did not get the vid, I don't know. I don't know, but I got tested like four times. I, I was know. Like, Let's just make sure. And we were all sick as a dog. And Jamie's like, I'm fine. So we had to take a little breaky break because it went all the way through my house. Everybody had it. My boyfriend had it. All the kids had it. Oh, and the joy, my son took it over to his dad's house and got um, them all sick, too. Oh, did they all get the vid? Yeah, so I think our boss is single-handedly responsible <laughs> for getting most of Delaware, like, in the Newcastle <laughs> County at this point sick. And I feel terrible, but I, I just got to tell the story a little bit. So my kids got sick with a head cold. And I'm like, oh, shit, let's take you up and get you, um, like, COVID tests. And my oldest son couldn't go back to work anyway until he got it done. Because anytime anybody's going to sniffle, you got to go get a COVID test. You can't come in. Right. So we we all three go up there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. Might as well just get the test while I'm here. I had no symptoms whatsoever. So we get those tests done on a Tuesday. It took every bit of seven freaking days to get that damn result back, by the way. So I started getting sick on that Sunday. Right. I mean, I'm like, oh, shit, something's wrong. So mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, oh, I wake up the next day and I'm like, Oh, it's a, it's Monday by now. I'm like, oh, I have a head cold. I have what the kids have. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not going back to work yet anyway. I don't really go inspect houses until Thursday. We're good. Well, then we get the results back on Tuesday. All of us are negative. So I'm like, oh, okay. We indeed just have a head cold. No big deal. So Jonathan goes over his dad's house on Friday. And in the meantime, somehow I either had the head cold or we had the head cold or we had already had COVID the whole time, but maybe it was too soon to test. I don't know. But then, so a whole five days goes by. I'm fine. I have a head cold. That's it. By Friday afternoon, I like took a nosedive. I was like, I've got to go lay down. I just got to go lay down. I couldn't get out of bed for 24 hours. And then Sunday rolls around and I'm still dizzy. And But it's like back to the worst head cold you ever had. But then like Friday night and all day Saturday, my body hurt so bad that I couldn't get out of bed. But I was like, something's wrong. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to the Newark ER and just get a test. And, you know, my boyfriend Bruce is like, you know what? I'm starting to kind of get a head cold too. I better just go with you. Not that he's going to let me go by myself anyway. But he's like, I'll go get one too. And the doctor's like, you know what? Oh, shoot. I dropped my headphones or my microphone. The doctor at that point didn't even think we had it either. He was like, it sounds like you guys just have a head cold. Like not everything's COVID, guys. (laughs) Right? So he does a test. This test comes back in 48 hours. So Monday morning, we get woken up by a phone call saying, oh yeah, you're positive, both of you. Right. So I call immediately. Oh, and my son came home the night before saying, you know, I don't really feel so good. I'm like, oh, fuck. And at that point, I kind of knew. I'm like, something's bad. So Saturday, Monday morning, we wake up and they say, you got it. The first person I call is my ex-husband to tell him, like, oh, by the way, this is what happened. So the whole time, I mean, we were all negative. 
Even the doctor was like, I think you should have a head cold. Like, not everything's COVID. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be okay. You don't have to worry. Because I was, like, terrified. And it ended up just being, like, a really bad head cold. Like, it was about 48 hours of suck ass. And I could definitely see how people with existing issues could really take a dive. Because any exertion, I was so out of breath. Like, going out of the, going up the steps, I could barely go up the steps. Meanwhile... Kathy's our boss Kathy's mom got it and she's oh, 80 and she makes them all look like bitches oh, yeah she's, she's like scrubbing a fucking out tank her, she's scrubbing out her house she's like oh I'm fine I don't even know what this is a big deal well no she, she had the stomach stuff yeah and she just uh, basically had diarrhea she was, yeah for like, like a couple days and then it was over she was a freaking rock star <laughs> I know I was like we all look like a bunch of bitches because Kathy is still getting better Right? Uh-huh. And, like, even now, as I sit here talking to you, I it's have like some congestion. It's, like, the best thing that ever happened to her, though, because she's like, oh, did you know that we had COVID? We're just catching up. Oh, I know. Like, everything that's late. It's so funny. Well, my whole office had COVID. But anyway, so I was going to do just, like, the best of stuff. But I'm not going to lie to you. I was too sick to do it. Like, I mean, it was, like, a bad head cold. But when I tell you it was a bad head cold, like, I was so dizzy because the congestion was so intense in my face. And I still have it. In my forehead. I still have it in my forehead. As I was sitting here talking, right before we said hello, my ear popped. And I was like, oh, I can hear out of that ear. I didn't realize I wasn't hearing out of that ear. <laughs> like, seriously. And there's like, I sit, I lay down and I can actually hear my heartbeat in my ear. And uh, I can hear like the blood running through. Like, it's like weird. You can hear the whooshing. And I'm like, that can't be good. Like, that's not right. And I'm like, I'm going to let this go for a couple more days. But so it ran through my whole house. Christopher's the last one. He gets to go back to work tomorrow. Right. Um, and actually he was able to go back to work on Monday, but by the time he got a hold of those contact tracers, it was like too late. So everybody's finally fine again. Everybody's back to work or going back to work. Jonathan's like back doing his Zooms and He's out there sleeping on the couch. Well, cause now he's got himself turned around because Jonathan was sick for all of 2.5 seconds. Now he lost his taste. Oh. Yeah. And I'm still getting my smell back. Like it's weird. Like I can't smell, but I can taste. Like I've got about 75% of my taste back. But I still cannot smell. John then just started being able to taste, and then it went back away. So you get it. It's like it comes on, and then it goes. And then you get, like, this smell. And it's, like, weird. You feel it. Like, the congestion, like, rolls out of your face for a minute. And you're like, oh, wow, I feel so much better. Oh, my God. And then it's this really weird smell. Yeah. In your nose. I've it's, heard like, really about gross. that. Like, a couple people have said, like, Scarlett had uh, said it, everything smelled like sugar cookies. Um, I can't see that because I remember, remember the other day I was like, everything smelled like really intense fabric softener. Yeah. But today it's like a, um, ashtray fruit. It's like a fruity ashtray smell. Oh, that might just be because I spoke and I have a nice perfume on. No, this has been all day. No, I wish, right? I can't even smell you, but when Jamie, I do smell, it's always the Jamie same smell. constantly smells like a fruity ashtray. Yeah. I mean, actually, <laughs> I can smell you a little bit. So I have a little bit of my smell, but I have to really fight for it. <laughs> But yeah, so Jonathan can't taste. And so this morning when I he came upstairs and me and Bruce were like just trying to like get out of bed, just we're still like so tired. And um he was like, Guess what? I can taste. And we're like, Oh my god, you can because he's been so fucking pissed off. And Chris were so pissed off. Like their worst thing is that they just can't taste. Like the kids have been fine. Christopher felt like dirt for like two days, he got a headache and he couldn't smell and taste. Jonathan was sick for two point five seconds, had a mild fever, it didn't even go above hundred. And he, like, you know, was like, eh, I just don't feel real well. Went to bed that night, woke up the next day, was fine. He's been fine ever since. He just can't smell or taste. So, and then, like, by the time I came back down, he was like, it's gone again. 
I can't smell or taste anything again. I hate it here. Like, it was just so funny. And I'm like, you're going to be just fine. So I don't know if you guys all missed us, but we missed you. Like, a lot. I did. I did. I was, I was like, maybe I should go live. But then I didn't want to go live without you. Yeah. And I was like, no, because then y'all can't go live and... Look like death? Right. Like a death muffin? And I can't be, like, rubbing it in people's face that I'm the only one they can get COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I did get Zoom. So we were supposed to mess around with that, remember? So we could do, like, lives from your house, my house, and all that stuff. And I haven't messed with it yet. I think I got to go on my um, laptop to do the Facebook one. Right. Because you can't do it through your phone. So, I'm going to work on that, and then maybe later to bring you guys, like, a little more. I don't know if you guys missed this or not. Nobody even bothered to reach out to ask where we were, and we're very upset about it. Well, I am anyway. But the people on the radio were like, hey, well, you guys coming back? We miss you. Yeah. That was nice. That was nice. And Jay, um, our fact checker, called me and was like, what the hell is happening? Yes, well, Jay <laughs> is very happy about it, yes. But I'm wondering about you Irish people, you people over in Ireland that keep listening and you don't email us in so we can talk to you. Like, you know you've messed up, like, missed us a whole lot. But, meantime, everybody's getting healthy again. And now we're I mean, I'm fine. Now. Well, everybody <laughs> over on this end. I can't, you know, Kathy's already get better. Jamie is fine. Jamie's fine. In the meantime, we're all getting ready for Christmas. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. You know what? Bah humbug. Like, that's where I'm at with Christmas right now. I am so exhausted. Like, I'm done. Yeah, I'm all done really shopping. I'm not. I, I, I wanted, and we're getting all the snow tomorrow, apparently. So now I'm like, I need to get it done when I leave here. It's going to be dark. I have to go to Boscov's. I forgot the jeans I have to take back to Boscov's. So now I got to go home and then go to Boscov's. I'm hoping that Lori wants to go to Boscov's when she gets home. Oh, because then you won't have to be by yourself. Yeah. Yeah, Boscov's is great. Boscov's is a good time. Oh, happy birthday, baby. Baby, My baby's birthday was yesterday. Yes. Do we have to sing happy birthday? Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Paco. Happy birthday to you. Okay, so what did you get him? I got him a um, break stick. It's for pool. It's the stick you use to break the ball. Yeah. And it's also a jump cue. Okay. So it's used to um, if jump you the ball over. jump the ball. Right. So he really liked it. He kept telling me, thanks, babe. This is great. This is what I wanted. Oh, because I know you were like, babe, you want your present? He's like, no. No. Babe, you want your present? He opened no. it the night before his birthday at like 11 o'clock when he, he finally just gave it oh, to really? my begging. He was like, fine. Oh, my gosh. That is so funny. And then we're going to do his birthday dinner on Wednesday because he's had uh, the boy. Um, He takes him home tonight about 8 o'clock. So, there was no point in, I don't want to make him a steak dinner that he has to heat up in the microwave. Yeah, of course. Right. So, I'm going to do his dinner tomorrow night. We're going to do steak and shrimp. And that's going to be his birthday dinner. Oh, and there you go. Then I'll probably let him touch my pee-pee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Because what's birthday without birthday booty? Well, this is completely unrelated, but... I'm refinancing my house so I can get my pool. Like, I know I've talked about it all the time. Different type of pool. She's getting an actual swimming pool. Yeah. And I got Paco a pool billiard stick. (laughs) Well, now's the time. Okay. I mean, most people do. Like, if you listen to this, you kind of know, like, we're in real estate. So, but I'm in real estate appraising. And now is the time. If you're ever going to sell your house, if you're ever going to refinance, now's the time. Because the rates are historically low. 
and there's very little supply because of COVID. COVID has sort of caused this perfect storm where they kept the rates really low. So people will want to keep spending their money, but at the same time, people don't really want to sell because they don't know what's going to happen. So there's this sort of perfect storm happening where like, you know, all the um, values for real estate are jumping up. So my house is actually worth $100,000 more. That's fantastic. Yes. And I only bought it 18 months ago. Well, a little more than 18 months ago at this point. It'd be March 2018 is when I bought my house. So I'm refinancing to take some cash out. And because the rates are so low, my mortgage payment is actually going to be $200 less a month. Plus I get a pool. Yay. I, I'm like, what the fuck are Rueville? But I need to come out really high. So I'm remodeling everything. So we're gonna, <laughs> that's been a nightmare. We're going to be like in here podcasting, like from the pool. I know. Hi, everybody. Well, if it comes out right, I'll have the pool and in front of the pool, like towards the house, there should be like a six foot pool deck right there where right. you can like, you know, sun and all that stuff. Well, then right next to that is a 10 by 10 concrete pad. And on that pad is going to be a hard top gazebo. Oh, and that's yes. where we will be podcasting. Yes, it'll be nice the in there. And I want to make a bar inside of there. So we want to build like a little bar area. Oh, so we can sit out there. Fucking A, right? So that's kind of what the plan is at the moment. That's what I'd like to get done. I don't know if it's all going to get done at one time or not. I don't know. But it's really exciting. But in the meantime, we're all getting ready for Christmas. And you know what that means. Stories about Christmas. Yay, Because why not? (laughs) (laughs) See her face. She just hates this so much. But I have a feel-good story. So I figured, can we start with a feel-good story? We can. And the reason I'm not, like, super hype about Christmas this year is because... COVID has taken away all my Christmas joy. I haven't been able to do all my charity work, and it's really, like, bringing me the fuck down. Well, and a lot of our friends have businesses, and a lot of them are being affected. Right. Um, And one real place that we always like to go, it's our little dive. It's called Christina Pub. And we like to go there for our karaoke, and everybody's so nice. And it's just, you know, your little neighborhood bar, and they've been around for so long, and they treat you so well there. And they've had to close. And it's not forever. Hopefully it's just temporary. You know, they didn't have to close, but Cynthia is very COVID conscious. Yeah. And she doesn't want to take the risk of anybody getting sick. Yeah. Um, The bartender on the rocks got COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, He got it from a customer. So once she heard about that, I'm sure that helped along the decision to, you know, be like, you know what? I don't want to risk anybody. Like, we already lost somebody to COVID that was a pub regular, John Slano. Right. Earlier this year from mm-hmm. COVID. So she, Cynthia is just, she just really loves the people in her place. Mm-hmm. And I I appreciate the fact that she's shutting down. Yeah. I mean, because she wants, I mean, because it's around here, the cases are extremely high. Like, what the hell is happening? It's like. It is. But I mean, a lot of people Kathy, have lost her business. It's Kathy's <laughs> I know. Jesus, boss. I know. And she's like, that's it. Just blame me for everything. But, so, they're closed until the beginning of the new year, um, and then a friend of mine, he had his own gym, and he had to close, because he just couldn't do it anymore. Yeah, his name's Charlie, and he had, um, like, he had his own gym, and he was like, I have waited years and years and years, and saved and saved and saved, and planned and planned and planned to open this, and I did it for 15 years, and COVID wiped me out. He was like, I made it through the first round, but then, like, you know, people just, if they're not coming in, I can't get... You know, right. he was like, I made it through that first round and I thought, well, here we go. And he was like, I just can't make it through the next one. And he was, so I'm really feeling bad for him, you know, that that yeah, happened. That's terrible. But on this other news, like 
We could use some good news right now because we're like kind of inundated with a lot of bad news. And this one was from the Daily Mail. Christmas me, Danielle. And yes, and I just thought it was so sweet. And it's Santa's Little Helpers is what it says from the Daily Mail. And this is from December 10th. And it says, New York couple reveal they replied to 10,000 letters to Father Christmas mistakenly delivered to their apartment over 10 years. Aww. And you know what I find so great is they're a gay couple, first of all. Not that it really truly matters, but in this day and age where everybody's fighting over everything and nobody's allowed to have rights and nobody's allowed to love each other, apparently, depending on who, what thread you're looking at on Facebook or Instagram, it's really nice to see that here's this couple. They've been together for all this time. They've made it longer than most married hetero couples did. And look how sweet they are. They've answered all these letters to all these people over a decade. It's that's wonderful. It is, and their names Jim Glob and Dylan Parker, and they lived on West Twenty Second Street in New York for years. So apparently, they began receiving letters dressed to Santa Claus to their apartment in Manhattan in 2010. Among them were heartbreaking requests from needy children asking for food, blankets, and shoes, with tear-jerking tales of how their families. Couldn't afford a turkey on Christmas Day. Oh, my God. I would oh die. Oh, my God. Dumbfounded by why the children had chosen them to send their request to, the pair felt compelled to answer the letters and began asking family, friends, and social media strangers to help. Jim now hopes to expand the project to write letters back to children in the UK as well, telling BBC Radio 4, we have a lot of families that have come out and said we could use a little miracle, too. So hopefully soon we'll be crossing the pond. And then they have, like, letters in here. You can see, like, all the letters that came from them, like, from all the little kids. And it says, speaking to the Today program, Jim said they were warned about the letters upon moving into the apartment. He explained the gentleman who'd lived there a few years before us said, these letters to Santa are going to come. Only a couple, but just so you know, it happens. But the couple were overwhelmed when they received hundreds of letters in 2010. Jim explained, in 2010, we got one letter that came in, then a couple more. By the end of November, we were at hundreds. In December, it was over 400. It was quite alarming. Jim said they fell... Said they even fell out of their local postman because they were too many. There were too many letters to fit into their mailbox. To try to determine where the mystery letters were coming from, the couple opened a few. Most of the requests came from children in New York and asked for basic necessities like coats, blankets, and food. Oh, Other my letters, god. I know. Oh my god! Could you imagine, Captain Planet over here? You would be losing your mind. I would, but you know what? Captain Planet would be trying her damnedest to make all those wishes come true. I, that's what I mean. And you would be doing that. I'm so fucked up that I can't help the families that I usually help this year. So Santa, I would be extremely grateful if you can send my brother something. He's 15. Oh my gosh. Says, please don't worry about me this year. I just want my brother to have a good Christmas. Our mom is not in our life. Our grandfather is raising us the best he can. Oh my God. I'm going to cry my eyes out. My brother is taking things the hardest. Last year we ate at a soup kitchen. Please Santa, not this year too. One red. Oh. Oh my God. Oh, my God. Jim explained, we threw a 1960s vintage holiday party, and what ended up happening is that people saw a big stack of letters in the front of the room. I told them the story, and organically people said, I'll take a letter, I'll take a letter. It just sort of snapped, and I thought, oh, we're going to get people to fulfill these. People wanted help. Yeah. Wanted to help. They decided, I'm going to write a cry. Like, this is ridiculous. I, I'm, I cry more on this goddamn podcast than anywhere else. Um, so they decided to set up a not-for-profit to help what? fulfill Christmas wishes, called Miracle on 22nd Street, and asked friends and family to help pen responses to the children. The group now estimate they have responded to 2,000 letters over the last 10 years, with Jim explaining they're keen to launch the project in the UK. He said, we lived there for two years, and we're so thrilled by the outpouring of support from people in the UK. And then there's like a picture of them together, and when they launched everything, and it's just amazing. It says the street is 
Steeped in Christmas tradition, just five doors down from the couple's apartment is the townhouse where Clement Clark Moore wrote The Night Before Christmas. Aww. So, I just thought that was, like, a really good feel-good good story. for them. But, you know, I don't, I didn't read the story, and I probably, like, if I would have known all these kids were like, oh, my God, Santa, please don't make me to soup kitchen. I'd be like, oh, my God, right. how do I adopt these people? Right. So, I have, every year, for the past, what, 12 years, I have done a toy, a toy drive, and I've helped local Delaware families, and this year, because of COVID, I haven't been able to do that. And there have been families that reach out to me and they're like, you know, my sister said that you helped her three years ago. Yeah. And, and I have to turn these people away, mm. which is really fucking with me. Like, yeah. Like, super bad. And, yeah. And I, I tell them, you know, this is where you go when these people have angel trees and you need to get in there, get on the Toys for Tots list. Like, I'm giving them the resources that they need. Like, that's what I can do to help, but it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the same as me riding to these people's houses and handing them presents for their children and giving them, like, $150 to go buy a Christmas dinner or pay a bill. Right. Like, I don't get to do that this year. Mm -hmm. And it's weighing very heavily on me, and I'm trying very hard to get into the Christmas spirit, and it's just not working. And and I, I, I envy people like that who are able to do it Mm -hmm. because you know i depend on donations and shit like that yeah it seems like they kind of do too in a way right and i envy that they have like the networking and all that to do it you know and and god bless them i know i thought that was really sweet and i'm like you know they're really making it work for a lot of kids you know a lot of families are you know gonna have a better christmas because of them so Way to go for you guys. Congratulations. Speaking of undying love. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> Give me one, Jamie. All Give things that are interesting.com. Mm-hmm. Minnesota man threw a methamphetamine-fueled death party for his dying wife. Oh, my God. Didn't we do this one already? I don't think so. I did this one. Uh, did you? I did. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. This is from February of 2019, so you may have. I did do it. Oh, okay. Well, we'll switch to something else then. <laughs> How? A- That's the shitty part about when you get, like, stuff like that. How about <laughs> we'll do another feel-good story? Look, look, she doesn't even want to. She's like, so, fuck all this shit. I don't care. So, groom, groom, is, <laughs> groom is blindsided when bride halts wedding to introduce the woman she tracked down for him. Derek oh, Smith was surprised by a special and completely unexpected guest on his wedding day. It was surprise. Oh, this is from apost.com. Okay. Um, it was a surprise that rocked his world and brought the groom to tears. Derek's real wish on his wedding day was to have his late brother as his trusty best man. Although Derek's bride couldn't bring Jake to the wedding, she was able to find someone who owed her life to Derek's brother. Some brothers are fortunate enough to be the best friends as well as siblings. Jake and Derek and this had this kind of strong relationship. The two were nearly inseparable while growing up. They did everything together. Fights would break out as they do between all brothers, but the two never lost their deep love and respect for each other. Tragically, Jake was hit by a driver when he was only 12 years old. The accident cost him his life, and Derek, a loving brother whose family, the whole family, was incredibly devastated. Although he pushed through and whatever, he's older now, Jack's, Jack's wild... Jack's family would always have an empty hole in his absence. So fast forward a decade and Derek meets someone who he fell in love with head over heels. Her name is Katie. And two decided to make the relationship permanent after dating for a few years. Despite the happy occasion, the wedding was also bittersweet for Derek. He wanted his brother to be his best man. 
but the opportunity was tragically unavailable. He che- to help him cheer up, Katie reached out to find the super special guest for the wedding. After Jake's tragic accident, his organs were donated. His family wasn't oh. even told who received their beloved member's organs. However, Derek's bride-to-be wasn't going to let that stop her from surprising her fiancé with the most amazing whew, wedding gift ever. Oh, no, she's going to cry. Jamie don't like crying. And I don't do that. I don't do emotion. See, sure. (laughs) She she searched for over a year and finally tracked down the woman who had received Jake's heart when he was, when she was only six years old. Katie contacted the woman and asked her to attend the wedding to surprise her husband. She was just as excited as Katie about the opportunity to surprise Derek. Before the wedding, Katie broke the tradition by meeting with her groom before the ceremony. She told him which surprise guest would be in attendance. Derek was amazed at how much effort his future wife had gone through to find the woman who Jake was able to save a decade ago. Oh. So, um, they have this fucking video of this woman walking up to him and he's got a stethoscope on. And he's listening to his brother's heartbeat, and then he goes off and gets married. <laughs> oh, so, God, you're making me cry. I know. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I, <laughs> Lock it up, Jamie. Lock it up. Get it together, bitch. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's oh, my- There's, there's only my, one crier here, and it's me. <laughs> there's my feel-good story that Katie loved her husband so much that she was able to bring a part of his- brother and his best friend to I know. the wedding. Oh my god. Oh god. That is so amazing. And they have this little like fucking They better not get divorced. I'm telling you right? what. He's never gonna leave her. Look how much she loves him. Like she's way out of his league. <laughs> <laughs> so here's her telling him lost his little brother Jake 13 Oh years that ago. was Jake. He was fatally hit by a car. Jake was only 12. Okay fast forward. His family donated his Gracie Wilkinson. So Gracie Wilkinson is the girl that got the heart. Oh. So I sent her a message. I mean, within two minutes, she responded. Oh, no. I I muted it. Come on, just get to the part where he's listening. It was a moment she would... (sighs) So he's standing there listening. He's glad his brother was able to help him. Listen to her heartbeat. The gift from his late brother that has kept her alive all these years. Oh, God. And now he's crying. It was a moment she will cherish forever. All thanks to the bride who brought them together. I was shocked that she um, was selfless enough to kind of share her wedding day with me. Oh, Lord. She got me balling right here. Oh, my God. So, tis the season. That's the only fucking feel-good shit I'm doing this episode. (laughs) The rest is about custom. Cussing care, cussing parents, and the fact that Delaware made World News Daily Report people. <laughs> well, I have something that's along the lines of the wedding. Okay, and you're gonna like it. Okay, so this is not a feel good story. Okay, <laughs> December twelfth, twenty twenty, Fox twenty nine reports a woman reportedly returned three thousand dollar engagement ring because it was too cheap. What? I know. What? I'm like, I can't wait to see what Jamie's response is. Jamie'd be like, look, if Papa went to give me a fucking sucker ring, you know those yeah, ones? No, I got ring pops upstairs. Ring pop. I told him that, like, two weeks ago, he was like, babe, I'm not getting you that. But, oh, because I was at the pawn shop. I, I had um got rid of my Pandora bracelet because I don't wear it anymore, and it was mm-hmm. just collecting dust. And I took it to the pawn shop, and I got some money for it. And there was a couple rings there. And they were beautiful. So I, I took a picture of them on my hands and sent it to him. And he was <laughs> like, first of all, he was like, I'm not getting you those. I hate both of them. And I was like, well, it's, 
I like them. And he was like, I hate them and they're used. And I'm like, what? He was like, they're probably cursed. And I was oh like, my god. I was like, whatever, Paco. I don't even care about the ring. There's a motherfucking ring pop upstairs. <laughs> like, just do it already. I know. Uh, it says, it seems the rules for how much to spend on an engagement ring aren't dead yet, at least to some. A woman reportedly returned her engagement ring to her partner because it didn't cost 10% of his salary. She better shut her whore mouth. I know. The ring, which is made of white gold with diamonds and sapphire, cost the man about $3,000. Oh, that's probably beautiful. Does mm-hmm. it have a picture? Mm-hmm. Well, no, I don't know if that's the one because this is only just a diamond and it doesn't look right, but... I don't think it does, because she said it has diamonds and sapphires, and the one that's, like, on here, it must just be whatever, because it's just a diamond. But anyway, it says, uh, however, he allegedly makes enough that if he followed the 10% rule, which says he should spend one-tenth of his salary in engagement ring, he should have spent between 10000 and 15000 Yeah, I found this one with diamonds and sapphires at the pawn shop. Oh, it's cute. Right? It's really pretty. And I was like, I love it. And he was like, I hate it. Oh, my God. Whatever. Uh, so the man posts about his dilemma on Reddit's Am I the Asshole Forum. I love those. Oh, oh I want it lead you right into the next one. It does. You guys are going to like this Am I the Asshole from Jamie, by the way. Okay, it says, asking if he had done the wrong thing by spending only $3,000 on the engagement ring for his fiance. In the post, he explained that while he does make a sizable salary, this year has been somewhat challenging because he's been financially supporting his parents, sister, and nephew, who all had COVID-19, he is also still supporting his sister who lost her job. To make matters worse, he said his job announced that 150 people will be laid off next year. So he wanted to be smart about his spending, though he doesn't think he'll be laid off. Even though the ring he bought was only $3,000, it was designed in a way that his partner wanted, the man said. He even had the sapphire custom cut into a pear shape as she preferred. That's definitely not the one then because the one on this picture is not it. Since, he, since she returned the ring, the man's partner is reportedly refusing to talk to him. Her parents are accusing me of using her and treating her like cheap trash. What? What? Run! more to this story. That doesn't sound right. Run! Something else is wrong. I've tried to explain my point of view, but they won't listen or demanding at least a 10% ring. No. What? Really? Oh, so speaking of that, crazy in-laws, if you get a chance, On Demand right now is a show called I'm in Love with a Mama's Boy. Oh, I saw you post about that. What's it on? On Demand? I, I, it's on like TLC or something. Holy fucking shit, these bitches are crazy. These mothers are fucking nuts. Fat shit crazy. So if you get a chance and you want to watch some train wreck television, <laughs> there's the nine episodes. And my God, I binged six of them yesterday, me and Lori. And I can't wait to get home for Lori to get home because Paco has the boy tonight. So he won't be home until like nine. And we're going to watch the rest of them because <laughs> they're fucking insane that bitch these bitches are nuts oh my god and these boys are bitches i'm like run just break up with that motherfucker <laughs> some of it something i don't know something feels weird about this though in my gut i don't know i feel like something's wrong i know you know why it's probably he's probably legit we just think that something's wrong because we're not like that yeah it says most of the commenters sided with the man with the top commenter asking how three thousand dollars considered cheap other people chimed in to say that the cost of the ring shouldn't really matter. As a proud wearer of a $400 engagement ring, I cannot fathom wasting thousands on a piece of jewelry, one person wrote. Someone else said, a ring is a ring. Mine was about 500 pounds. I was so totally happy with my ring. It's perfect. To be honest, if my husband sent any more, then I would have been so annoyed with him. 
And another commenter even pointed out that the 10% rule was a marketing ploy invented by the diamond industry, which is true, according to The Knot. Wow. The wedding website wrote that Diamond Cartel De Beers created a marketing campaign in the 1930s that convinced men that if they really loved their significant others, they would spend at least a month of their salary on an engagement ring. By the 1980s... I, I don't even get that. Like, what are you supposed to do? Eat ramen for a month? Like, a month of your salary? Fuck that bullshit. No. By the 1980s, the amount has increased to two-month salary, and today it is three-month salary. That's what I always heard. I heard it's three-month salary. I heard, um, don't be a materialistic bitch and just take what you get. If you love him, it's not going to matter what the ring looks like anyway. You know, it's kind of funny. Um, so, for some reason, men wear wedding bands now when they're not married. It's like a thing. Yeah, Paco won't. I know. Well, a lot of men do. Right. So, like, for instance, like, our friend Jen Comagee's, like, Victor wears one. Yeah. Wes wore one before he got married to Sharon. Uh-huh. And I can't remember. I think there was, like, two more people, but I can't remember where they were. Um. Anyway, I think I think Bacon even wore one. No. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. Somebody did. There's other people that I know that did, and I just, I, I can't think of them right now at the moment. But, um, and so I, well, Bruce wanted one. And I was like, okay, like, that's the first I heard of it, because I never really paid attention. And then, actually, I noticed it when we were at Sharon's wedding with Victor. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about it later, and then Wes was like, yeah, I wore one. And Sharon wore one, too. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, shit. I was like, I didn't know. And they were like, well, it's, it's like, not really, pro- they don't call them promise rings anymore, but it's kind of like, we're taken, we're off the market. Right. Kind of thing. And I was like, well, isn't that a promise ring? But I guess, nowadays, we don't want to call it that. So anyway. Bruce had picked out his wedding band, so I'd had it anyway. Right. And his wedding band was like 300 and change. It's like the one that he wanted. And it's it's neat. It's um, it's got um, comets, like, and, like, space dust in it and shit like that. And, but I, <laughs> I got a point, I swear to God. Anyway, so I was going to give it to him for Christmas because he wanted one. So I was going to give it to him as a Christmas present. Well, all kinds of weird shit popped off over here, and he was all upset one night. And I was like, I just didn't want to see him upset anymore. So I was like, please open your present. I'll get you something else. I want you to open this <laughs> present. And he was like, I don't want to open my present. Maybe you'll Christmas Eve or something. Because he was, like, really upset. So I'm like, no, I really want you to have it. Please, I just want you to wear the thing. I just want, or not wear it. I really want to give it to you. And then I gave it to him, and he was, like, thrilled. Right. It was like, you know, Christmas came early for him. Well, come to find out, the damn thing lights up. It, it, what? Who the hell is at our door? It lights up. Yeah, it, um, we got, we just got Amazon, because I was trying to figure out who's at the door. Um, if you put fluorescent light on it, it glows green. That's crazy. So now he sits in bed and puts fluorescent light on it all night, and then he's like, look at my ring. Look at my ring. (laughs) And it looks like a, um... It looks like a Jedi saber, but like a in the ring. Saber. A lightsaber, yeah. But it looks like that, but in his ring. So now he just wears it all the time. And then I was like, well, I want one. So I got this one. Right. So yeah, now this is what one. I wear. Yeah. So now I wear, I have one and it's just a regular band, but it's got like little diamonds in it. And it wasn't even that expensive. It was like less than $200. And it's like my favorite thing. And I'm like, as far as I'm concerned, I feel like we're just, we're just married to each other. Not that we are. And we're not. I don't feel I'm married until I get fucking married. But we have one. But now, it's. I just thought it was funny. Like, I don't think $3,000 is a whole lot of money, but I also don't think that it you matters. Should, you should be a petty fucking bitch. No, I mean, right. and not for somebody who probably makes $150,000 a year. I can see, but at the same time, who gives a shit as long as that's what you like. Right. Okay, so I have one. Okay. And I am I the asshole? And this guy is definitely the asshole. <laughs> All right. 
So, surrogate sparks drama by refusing to be in the child's life after the child's biological mother dies. Now, (sighs) a surrogate, if you don't know, is somebody who takes a woman's egg and a man's sperm, this couple that wants to have a baby, and inserts it. The only thing she basically is is a vessel. It goes into her uterus, and she carries the baby, has the baby, and then gives the baby to the expecting couple. Okay. So Reddit user birth parent underscore pro was recently presented with an uncomfortable situation. After the death of her best friend, unsure of what to do, she took to Reddit strangers for assessments. The original OP asked folks on Reddit, am I the asshole? And here's the situation. Am I the asshole for not wanting to be in the child's life that I gave birth to? She started out her story with some important background. My best friends could not have children. The risk of her death was <gasps> too high, and she already was having fertility problems. So long story short, I agreed to be her family surrogate. Why are you laughing? Because this is, like, it's sad right now. It's not funny. I'm going to post it on our page. Okay. Right now. I'm sorry. I was looking down the list as you were talking. Well, hold on. Now i got to let Paco know I'm podcasting. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, so, all right, so she was already having fertility problems and apparently some health problems. So long story short, I agreed to be her family surrogate, mostly due to the fact that she was just my best friend. I cannot stand her husband, though. The only reason I did this was for her, so I became pregnant with their child and everything went smoothly. Right. There was a contract in place that I would be financial, I wouldn't be financially responsible for the kid and so on. I was pretty, it was a pretty standard, like, surrogate contract. Yeah, Exactly. Well, that was six years ago when my best friend died. Oh, due to the 2020 plague, I wasn't able to uh, attend her funeral. Oh, Her husband has been calling me recently. That wait, I just, this is her best friend? Yeah, her best friend died. She hates her husband. Oh, wait. So her best friend wait, died. Let me finish she it. Her let me book. finish it. I'm sorry. This is fucking wild. So this was six years ago. But due to 2020 and the coronavirus, she wasn't able to attend her funeral. Her husband has been calling her recently and said I should stop, step up as the kid's mother because I gave birth to her. He keeps call, calling that I need to be in his daughter's life. After declining multiple times, I told him that the kid isn't even mine. It's Kathy. Hmm. Um, even though I gave birth to her, I have no obligation to do jack shit. And then I'm not going to replace, replace my best friend as her mother. He called me an asshole and is going to get his lawyer involved. Go ahead. So the Redditors are like, you know, am I the asshole? The general consensus was the OP was not at fault in all this mess. First of all, I'm sorry for your loss. Losing your friend, especially with everything else that is going on, is very difficult. Secondly, not the asshole. You did something amazingly kind for your friend and her husband and made it very well known that you did not want to be responsible for the child going so far as to draw up a contract. It's not your fault that he has not figured out how to parent by himself. Don't let him bully bully you into doing something that you don't want to do. Oh, Lord. So, I don't think she's the asshole. Like, she basically... Like, I'm sure that she's there for this friend's daughter. Like, it hey. It doesn't sound like it. But she hates him. So, I don't know. Like, maybe they live far apart. Like, I don't well, know. I don't understand. I guess... So, the kid's six years old. The mom died six years ago. The no. Kids, no? No. The mother recently died. Oh, okay. I'm gonna pause it. Okay. Hold on. Oh, golly day. Oh, my goodness. Eh. Hello? 
Anyway, so I don't think she's the asshole. And I don't know what happened or where the relationship went with the friend. Like, is she part of the kid's life? You know, whatever. But to ask somebody to step up and replace somebody as a mother because she carried the baby... Yeah, that's I don't really think that's odd. fair. I don't think that's fair to ask somebody. Obviously, the woman doesn't want kids. She didn't want kids of her own. She was nice enough to be like, "All right, I love you so much that I'm willing to sacrifice my body for you." Mm-hmm. And that should be all that she had to do. I just find it weird. Like, why? I, don't, I guess does the man think that he, the child needs a mom? And maybe, well, that man should go off and get married again. I mean, eventually he will because you know women love a good fucking widower. They do. I'm telling you, man, as soon as somebody's wife goes, man, oh, they are like in there. They're so sad. I can make them happy. Oh my God. We had a friend who had all kinds of awful shit happen to him. He lost his son first. Oh God. And then lost his wife. Uh huh. And it was like a couple years. I mean, it was just awful. And I'm telling you what, women must have threw, I mean, they must have just take, took their entire pussy off and threw it at him. I did. Did you? <laughs> like, hey, hey, remember me? I've only loved you since the second grade. <laughs> Hi. And he's, so, he's like, so nice to me still to this day when he knows I have like this super stupid crush on him. He's still so nice. He's like, hey, girl. And I get a big hug every time he sees me. But his new wife is amazing. And she, I mean, he had four young girls. I think the the baby was only a couple of months old. Yeah. When oh his wife God. passed. And mm-hmm. this girl jumped right into that role after being with him for a couple of years and married him and now she is like their mother and she is fucking awesome. So. Oh yeah. Well and my my mom actually worked with her and knows her and thinks she's just the most adorable person ever. Yeah. Um but there's another mom who people can't decide how they feel about her. And this could be like a, or am I an asshole kind of situation? I don't know. Where are we at on this thing? 41. All right. God, it feels like forever. But um, this is actually getting a lot of traction all over the place. It's Colorado mom reacts to being kicked off plane when two-year-old refused to wear a mask, saying it was humiliating. All right. So apparently they've done a lot of traveling anyway, like through this whole thing mm-hmm. and never had an issue. But I guess on this particular plane... They said anybody to or over, they have to have a mask on. Right. Just, that's it. Well, they got on this plane, and this two-year-old was like, fuck no. Having a meltdown. And had a fucking meltdown. So the father was like, I'll just hold the mask over the kid's face. Well, you know that's not going to be forever. Right. You know what I mean? You can't just hold it. You know what I mean? That's I'll not going to work either. i over his mouth and nose until he falls asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and then it'll be a quiet plane ride for everybody. <laughs> my baby to sleep i know so this is uh from fox 29 again and it was december 13th but i mean i actually read this on another site before this one i, I saved this one so it says a colorado mother who said she and her family were kicked off united airlines flight after a two-year-old daughter refused to keep a mask on told fox and friends weekend on sunday that the experience was absolutely traumatizing and very humiliating hum- humiliating first of all everything's not traumatizing it's really not. You know what I mean? I'm so fucking tired of everybody having PTSD over something stupid. I'm so tired of everybody being so traumatized over fucking everything. That's not traumatizing. Humiliating, yes. Traumatizing, You know no. what's traumatizing? Like, get over yourself. This poor child having, like, something, like, parents fighting over them to put something over their nose and mouth. Like, yeah. he's, she's two, and she's not grasping the concept. No, she don't give a shit. She might be traumatized. <laughs> No, because they didn't actually 
actually do anything. Like, they couldn't make her comply, and it's a two-year-old. The two-year-olds don't give a fuck, okay? They give zero fucks. Two-year-olds give zero shit. Two-year-olds They don't care. And, but then it's like, so, and they were trying to say, like, look, you know, like, we're sorry, but you gotta go. Like, it's policy. And then it was weird. It was like, so some people are like, well, what did you expect a two-year-old to do? Comply? Like, you can't get a two-year-old to do what you want. So you get him a face mask. Yeah, I was like, that would shield. probably work out a probably shield. a lot better. Paw Patrol, um, a unicorn. Yes, something, doll it up, anything. the shit out of it. She said, we felt like we got no warning, no working with us, no asking questions, nothing to help in this situation, Orban added. That's her name. It was just like, oh, well, your two-year-old is not complying. You guys are off the plane. Because who the fuck is going to sit there and argue with you the whole fucking time on a plane in this little tiny capsule? Like... Some people were like, look, you should have started working with your kid before you got on this plane. Right. You know, the two-year-old, you could have started training with them at home over and over and over again. Right. You know, and then you chose not to, but then you want everybody to sort of deal with the fact that your two-year-old won't do it and probably can just spread COVID to everybody because they can get sick too. Yeah. And, but then other people are like, but it's a two-year-old, like, you ain't gonna be able to do much with a two-year-old. And then other people were like, well, what kind of fucking parents fly with their child in the middle of the second wave of this fucking coronavirus where it's out of control and they're going to Jersey just to see and friends now, and family. And now it's affecting long, young kids. Yeah. Before it wasn't. <laughs> but so it depends on who you ask. But, I mean, these people are, like, getting their 15 minutes of bitch, bitch fest, yeah. I'll tell you. First of all, if they knew it was policy, they knew it was policy and they should have started working. Or I they should have they did. They should have finally or gotten a shield, a face shield. And if it was policy and their two-year-old decided that it wasn't going to wear a mask, I understand that you were inconvenienced, but that's the policy. So you get off that plane and you work with your child because it doesn't take two-year-olds long to catch on. And then you board another plane. Well, I think because they travel quite a bit and she hasn't had to wear one... They just assume that the you know what I mean like because some parents you just don't know like you know it's like some people are like my, up to two or up my to uncle four Jesse, or something. God rest his soul, used to tell me, Jamie, you never assume it makes an ass out of you and me. I know. Well, look, this is the other. This is why. Okay, remember that time we did that story about that Karen that was in the fucking McDonald's. Uh huh. And she was so traumatized oh, over it because it was a no boy or girls and blah right. blah. And she made Shut up all the that fuck bullshit. up and take your Barbie hoe. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, the McRib shack. Shut the fuck up and take your Barbie, bitch. Okay, so this is what she said, and this is where it kind of got me, because I'm kind of like, I understand everybody's point of view, honestly. I understand hers. I understand them. And she says, I just have to say, the past year has just been a huge PTSD for us, and very, very scary with everything going on. Oh, shut up. So then she lost me. Want to know why? Because if it's so fucking scary, you're so got all this PTSD that you say you have, why are you getting on a fucking plane to go somewhere else? Where you could get more COVID. You see what I'm saying? You know, I ain't going anywhere near a fucking plane until this pandemic's over because 2020 ain't fucking around. I have no doubt in my mind tomorrow we're going to get 82 inches of snow. Like, <laughs> oh my God, if it just starts raining over here, I'm calling you up. I'm going to be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. uh-huh. So, uh, speaking of people who talk too much and are assholes, um, <laughs> this is from people.com and it, it <laughs> so, hi. The dog's like, hi, Aunt Jamie. Zoo separates five parrots after the birds were caught encouraging others to swear at guests. <laughs> Some visitors found it funny, but the kids visiting at weekend with kids visiting at weekends, we decided to move them. A Lincoln a Lincolnshire Wildlife Center staffer said, the zoo's parrots 
<coughs> the zoo parrot's potty mouths got them relocated. <laughs> At the British Zoo Lincolnshire Wildlife Center, keeping some of the bird residents' vocabulary limited to G-rated language has proven challenging. And park employees had to go as far as separating five African gray parrots to, squa- to squash the swearing. According to the Associated Press, Billy, Eric, Tyson, Jade, and Elsie, who all were welcomed to the park in August, were removed from each other's presence since they were encouraging other to curse and rally expe- and rally in expletive, expletive, god damn it. Oh, there you go. Sorry, expletive-filled so rants big. together. <laughs> we are quite used to the parrots swearing, but we've never had five at the same time. Steve Nichols, the zoo chief executive, told the outlet, most parrots clam up outside, but for some reason these five relish it. <laughs> Though most visitors who are who overheard the colorful language laughed it off, when a parrot tells you to fuck off and amuses people <laughs> very highly, it's brought a big smile to to really hard years, said Nicholas. The zoo decided to make take measures to nip the behavior in the bud. The five parrots were spread out to different areas in the zoo, so they don't so they don't, according to Nicholas, set each other off. Oh my god, if Jamie was a bird. If Jamie was a bird. This would be her. Yes. So that's it. Like, that's all they said. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> this is amazing. So Sunday morning doesn't get much. Oh, no, no, no. That's just a commercial. Nicholas <laughs> told BBC News that the foul-mouthed birds would swear to trigger a reaction or a response. So when park visitors burst into laughter, the other birds reacted in their interjections. They'd hurl more bad words. Oh, my God. With the five... With the five, one would swear and another would laugh. And that would carry on, he said. Some visitors found it funny, but with kids visiting at the weekends, we decided to move them. I'm hoping they learn different words with col- within colonies. But if they teach the others bad languages and I end up with 250 swearing birds, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> oh, my God. Aside from these five naughty birds, Lincoln Child Wildlife Park is also home to... Sh- Chico, a nine-year-old yellow-crowned Amazon parrot who recently went viral for his hilarious and perfect rendition of Beyonce's 2008 sing of song, If I Were a Boy. In the video shared on the park's Facebook page and Instagram pages, Chico sits in a cage while busting out the pitch-perfect vocals to the song's opening lines. Visitors of the park, meanwhile, could be heard laughing in the background, admiring Chico's performance. Chico sings, hashtag Beyonce classic, links wildlife, the park wrote on Instagram, blah, blah, blah. So, if you're interested, you can go on their website and hear the Beyonce parrot singing Beyonce, but you cannot go on the website and hear the dirty, the hear dirty, the dirty talking parrots. But now I want to go to this zoo just to hang out with the fucking cussing parrots. <laughs> Like, he gives a whole new meaning to giving the bird. When the bird looks at you and says, fuck off. I know. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> like, hello, spirit animal. Oh, well, speaking of birds, this one, this one, I just have to talk about it. It's called Frank the Christmas Gargoyle. Oh, my God. I've been following her page. I, I'm following it, too. Are you following? Because, look, they just got oh, flamingos. I didn't, I didn't see the flamingos yet. Yes. Okay. Did she get another note? Uh, I'm not, I'm going to look at it. I just saw it. It just popped up. So, um, I think we only have, we have a few minutes left and oh. I want to hurry up and get this out and I want you to get your, uh, World News Daily Report. Yes. But it's called Frank the Christmas Gargoyle. And basically what happened was they live, they must live in like Arizona. condos or something. Arizona. 
Okay, well, but they live in like condos yeah. or townhouses or something like that, or a condo type townhouse thing. And um, it's Christmas time, and so the woman put out a gargoyle on her front porch. Well, the gargoyle is always out. Well, it's always out, but yeah. she put a, a Christmas Santa hat on it. Yes, because or something to make it like you know. And then the, there's some Karen in the neighborhood that doesn't like it, yes. so she started leaving those little anonymous notes. So it spurred this person on. To just keep adding more things and more things and more things. And every day there's, like, a new update. And, like, this woman, they're assuming it's a Karen type person. Right. And she doesn't think she's funny at all. And <laughs> one day she came over and just trashed the whole front stoop where all her stuff was. I know. That's she, she's adding, like, Plague Doctor and yeah, fucking I just, skeleton rats. I know. Yeah, so what she did, she put them all up and she put, like, bandages on them. Like, because they, you know, because she, like, kicked them all off because she didn't think it was funny. She thought it was awful. Now, every day, she puts something else out there to piss yeah. her off even more. So, today, the addition is flamingos, and she put, like, little Christmas hats on them, but yeah, they're, like, little winter hats <laughs> with, like, scarves, and they're, like, Christmassy. <laughs> and she's, like, so it says, the flamingos are flocking today. Nothing says kitsch and is at the same time completely awesome as the plastic lawn flamingo. My sibling and I have a decades-long tradition of randomly flamingoing each other's yards. Not to brag, I'm way better at it than her. At one point in time, I owned 65-plus of these beauties, but sadly, they've flown to other locations. Otherwise, they'd all be in my yard right about now. I do have a few stragglers, and they definitely add to the festiveness. When I think about it, flamingos should definitely be in the 12 Days of Christmas song. What would you rather your true love bring you? Geese? Geese are the Karen, geese are the Karens of the bird world. In other news, Karen is still MIA today. Perhaps she's atoning for her mistreatment of my rats. No word from the HOA or the mayor because the Karen said she was going to tell the HOA. She was going to tell the mayor. And apparently wherever these people live, the mayor lives where they are. Right. So she just keeps adding more and more non-Christmassy shit and then putting Christmassy stuff on them. Just, just to just piss, piss Karen this person off. off. So you guys have to just check out Frank the Christmas Gargoyle if you can. It's, it's a page hilarious. on Facebook. Follow it. Yes. Okay. So everybody, it has finally happened. It is finally fucking happened. It happened two (laughs) weeks ago, and I couldn't tell you because Danielle had the COVID. I had the vid. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) Delaware has made World News Daily Report. (laughs) Okay. Are we ready for this? World News Daily Report, where the facts don't matter. Delaware judge rules that man's affair with baby Yoda doll does not classify as adultery. Oh my god. The judge in a divorce case in Dover, Delaware, (laughs) our capital in Dover, Delaware, rejected a woman's claim that her husband repeatedly, her husband's repeated sexual activities with a plush Yoda figure count as adultery and a violation of their wedding contract. 31 year old, I I need to Google these, I need to Facebook these names, see if they exist. (laughs) 31-year-old Joanna Brooks claimed that her husband, 34-year-old Brian Ingram, had been totally ignoring her since she gave him a baby Yoda for his birthday in July. Mrs. Brooks said he spent all of his time with this plush figure, dressing it up and putting makeup on it. He'd put lipstick and a wig on it all the time. Then he'd call it Kinky Baby and role play that it was his girlfriend. She claims Mr. Ingram also had sex with the doll several times a day, often in front of her. While watching TV and he'd... While watching TV and he'd put the doll on his dick, mimicking it... Mimicking it, giving him a blowjob. That happened at least three times a day. Judge... Oh, my God. Judge Reinald... Franklin, Reginald Franklin, 
ruled that Mr. Ingram's behavior was unquestionably disturbing and worthy of divorce, but that does not legally classify as adultery. Despite the favorable ruling, Mr. Ingram was hiding his face with the ca- from the cameras. Oh, look, they... <laughs> oh my gosh uh. as he left the courthouse visibly humili- humiliated by his wife's revelations this unusual divorce case has drawn a lot of media attention in recent weeks as both parties made shocking revelations about the other in a fight for a fortune of more than 50 million dollars the term of the couple's weddings contract will finally be applied putting an end to a, a long vicious legal battle and that's the end of it oh my god thank you world now World News Daily Report for it just being something weird like fucking a doll in... And a baby Yoda! Yes, yes. But there it was not like a brother-cousin. There was no... There was no <laughs> meth cousin. involved. There was no meth involved. They weren't like, you know... There was... Nothing racist was said in that article. <laughs> like, I'm proud of World News Daily Report going, you know what? These bitches, let's give them a little something. They'll find it. I, I, I believe it is right there for me. Because I, I, I got to say email that. them 14 times a week. Yes, I was going to say that. I wonder if that was specifically just for you. Because it was about time that they acknowledge us Delaware. in some way. Oh, my God. But I guess right now we're going to wrap things up. And... Oh, God. How do we do that again? Um, oh, my God. So if you've recently had sex with any inanimate objects that you want us to know about, <laughs> give us... A, no, please don't shut give us up. Give us a... No, t- no don't listen you. to her. Give us a write-in. <laughs> At straightfromthenet at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook at Straight From The Net. We're pretty quick on answering. We're also on a shit ton of other platforms that Danielle will tell you about right now. Trying to think. So, tomorrow, we're going to be on the WMLD. So, now we got to, like, get ourselves back in, like, the the train of thought of where everything's going to be. So, we're actually going to be on the WMLD, the voice of Hudson Valley Radio. That's right. They put us on daytime New York radio. Who the hell thought that was a good idea? But that's at tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And then if you miss it, that's okay. You're going to hear us again on Saturday at 7 o'clock, right? Yes. (laughs) 7 And if you miss that, too, that's totally okay. You want to know why? Because we're going to drop this episode on all of our platforms. <laughs> Which are I can't even remember them at this point. This is so bad. COVID brain is real, by the way. Spotify, SoundCloud, iPodcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Well, did I say TuneIn Radio and TuneIn Radio, and hopefully soon iHeartRadio. You know, I have to ask Louie what's going on with that. I don't know, but until then, people make good choices. Okay, goodbye. Okay, bye.